Legacy. Let's start this and go real, real, real authentic tonight right here on High Level Radio. Your man Brandon is in the house, not only on a Friday night, but almost Saturday night for some of you people out there on the East Coast. I am alongside my co-host by the name of... Mr. Moe. And tonight is definitely a night that it seemed like I've been waiting for a minute because I've always wanted to have dialogue with this gentleman right here, which we're about to put on live and direct here on High Level Radio. But also, um, he's he's one of the one of the best entertainers to me that that has graced this planet Earth. And uh, tonight, I want to welcome my man, Mr. Pete Escovito, here on High Level Radio tonight. Hello and salute, sir. Uh, hello, how are you? What a nice introduction. Thank you. <laughs> welcome first. <laughs> First off, uh, me and my man, Mr. Mo, we would like to welcome you and thank you for calling in to the show. And it, 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 it's, a, it's a privilege and an honor, like, like we kind of just said a couple of seconds ago. But uh, I, I just wanted to let you know that there, there is a ton of people. When I say a ton of people, I'm talking about so many people um, across the globe. Germany, China, a lot of people are logged in tonight. Online radio is definitely a good look where we can be able to have uh, a broadcast live, and so many people in so many different countries are checking in, wanting to know how's everything going with uh with, with Mr. Escovito. So, how do you feel about that worldwide accolades and that that That's, you know a lot of people uh, are checking incredible. for? How do you feel about that? Yeah, that is so incredible. Thank you for having me on your show, and uh, to all the people out there listening in, and thank you so much for your support and especially your friendship and. Uh, Everything uh, is going well for myself and the family. We're all doing great. And uh, God has blessed us with enormous talent. And we're so happy to be uh, doing what we do. I definitely appreciate that. But we're going we're gonna to definitely kick started and, and ask you a couple of questions. And, and, sure. and Mo, I'll let you go ahead and lead off and, 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 take, and take some as well. So go for it, sir. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, Mr. Escobedo, like, like he was saying, it is really a pleasure. I mean, I've enjoyed uh, your music for so many thank years, you. many, many, many years, because I've been around a while, but uh, I, I, love, uh, I love the music. I love what you do, and uh, uh, your, your music makes me think I can salsa, but until I get up and then I can't, but uh, I still enjoy the music, you know. But... Uh, being a music icon as yourself, and, and actually your whole family, uh, did you ever think when you first started off, did you envision the kind of success that you've had over the years? To be honest with you, uh, no, not at all. Because I, I think one of the reasons, like most people, especially young people, are just getting started, uh, you have no idea of... Um, you know, if you are going to be successful in this business, or of course it's always a struggle, and uh, it, it's it's hard to be in this type of business, but it's so enjoyable and rewarding that that's what keeps you going. Um, I think for for us, speaking of the family, and we've been so blessed to be able to play together, uh, be a musical family, and. Um, for myself, it's just been such a reward and such a blessing to see my kids uh, grow up and become great musicians. And the fact that we play together and make music together is 
which is really quite an honor for all of us. And, you know, I, I think mainly anyone who first starts out in this business is that uh, you never know where the road is going to lead you. You know, you never know what the end will be. And uh, uh, that's the exciting thing about it is because music is something that you never stop learning. Right. And the road success is always a constant hurdle. Like anybody in the arts, you know, there, there, there's something about it that is so challenging that it's like running the the hurdles. You know, you got to jump over those hurdles. You got to take the next step up the ladder. You know, it's not it's not easy. It's difficult, but. You know, with God's grace and blessings, you you will get there. If it's if it's meant for you to do that, then you will get there. When you look back, when you look back at your uh, career, um, mm -hmm. and, and and I know you were heavily influenced by um, uh, Mr. Puente. Um, yeah. Give us give us your thoughts a little bit, not just about uh, the inspiration that that person gave you, but also how it kind of catapulted a lot of what you do to this day right now? Well, I think uh, meeting Tito Puente was one of the greatest uh, events in my life because I actually I met Tito when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I first saw him play uh, live, I mean, I, I was just so amazed with his ability as a musician. And once I got to know him, we became friends I mean, instantly, and, uh, you know, we were friends for so long. Um, actually, we always, you know, thought of each other as relatives because the kids used to call him Uncle Tito, and, mm -hmm. and uh, um, any time that he came to the West Coast, we would always get together, have dinner at our house, we'd invite the band over and talk about music and just enjoy each other's company. We'd We've always uh, been close to his family, and his family's been close to my family. We still keep in touch with Tito Jr. and with uh, Margie, his wife, and uh, we still keep in contact with them. But not only was he a great influence on my style of planning, because I, I really think that his style of playing was absolutely the best. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's never been anyone like him. His style of the way he played that instrument is totally unique and his own. And I, in a sense, kind of followed uh, uh, in his footsteps, I mean, because he's the one I really watched and he's the one that I tried so hard to learn by. Um, there, are, there are, of course, other great, Bali players uh, who play that instrument, and some of them are very, very exceptionally talented. But I just always loved his style of of playing, and that's sort of what my style has been. So he actually helped me create uh, and keep on performing that way for me. I mean, it was you know just uh, a learning experience to watch him, um, and also. Because we were so close, I learned a lot about, you know, music and what he, what he brought to the table as far as Latin jazz and Latin music, uh, uh, his ideas and his writing and his, uh, 
just his musical ability has really been an inspiration to me. Wow. Very good. Wow. Wow. When, at what point in your career, I mean, where was it, was there a pivotal moment or a certain performance or a certain time where you kind of looked around and realized, hey, I've made it. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to make a living with this. You know, uh, was there something, uh, a particular point in your career where you, you finally knew that you had kind of gotten over the hump? Yeah. Um, it's funny that you asked that question because uh, uh, I think the time that I was called to join the, the Santana band, and my first appearance with the band was in New York City. Um, uh, at Madison Square Garden, we we performed there for four straight nights, and that was actually the very first time I had played in front of a, a large audience in a venue like that. I mean, I was, you know, when I was coming up, um, you know, my brothers we mainly played in clubs, you know, nightclubs, dance halls, stuff like mm -hmm. that. But this was mm -hmm. this was the very first time. Uh, just seeing a crowd like that, and, and of course, um, financially, you know, being paid that kind of money at that time was, <laughs> right. uh, it was an enormous thing because I've been playing playing in the clubs and stuff, and, you know, when I was coming up, I mean, to me, $25, $50 was, boy, that was, in my day, that was a lot of money, you know. I thought, yeah, stretched yeah, a long way. Cool make this kind of money, but then when you, you start making, you know, four or five hundred dollars a night, or, or even more. Then you get to that point where, wow, this this is what the big time is. You know, I realized <laughs> that at that time, playing with with the Santana band, where that was the big time. Right, right. Wow, that sounds great. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. When you and I'm I'm and looking over your bio. I mean, you played with you know just about all the greats in all different genres. I mean, some of these names, I mean, Bobby McFerrin, Cal Jader, Woody Herman, Alger Rowe, Ray Arbiedo, uh, George Duke, Anita Baker. I mean, it, it, it must be exciting, but what, what kind of challenges were, <clears throat> did, you, did you come in contact with working with different, art, uh, different artists? Were some of them more challenging than others? Were some of them was easier? And who was your favorite artist to work with? Well, definitely uh, each one, each artist uh, brought a different kind of thing to to what to what a percussion player must do. So okay. when you're hired, yeah, when you're hired to play for uh, someone who actually is the leader of the band, they're, they're the focus, they're the star. So you're, in a sense, a side man, and you add to what, you try to add to what they do so that you don't get in the way of uh, what their their music is. So it becomes challenging in a sense because you have to realize that uh, you can't play the way you actually really want to play. You have to play the way that person hires you to play. So, I got you. Uh, yeah, so in a sense, you know, you're not, you're not free enough to do what you do. In some cases, you are. I mean, it depends on who the band leader is and and who the star is and what they'll let you do and what they won't let you do. And some of it is very challenging because you're 
you're limited. You're limited in some cases, especially like if it's a singer, like you take Anita Baker, uh, going out on tour and working with her was very challenging because I I, I could actually overplay or get in the way of her vocals. Is that mm. yeah, the most important thing about her was her vocals. And you couldn't right. overshadow that. You had to keep you know, you had to make sure that you weren't playing uh uh over overplaying and getting in the way of the vocals. So and then there are bands where like with Cal Jader, I mean he he would let us do whatever. I mean he just said, you know, just <laughs> Just play, you know, yeah. And those, you know, playing with, I'm telling you, playing with Billy Cobham was probably the, the best experience for me because he actually just really let you do what you wanted to do and play the way you wanted to play. But wow. it was so challenging because he is one of those guys in, in, in that era of, of uh, jazz and fusion that he would, you would change uh, time signatures every so often that you would be playing in 4-4 four, four, into 6-4 into 5-4, back to 4-4 four, four, into 6-8. I mean, it was oh, just wow. incredible. Yeah. So that was very, very challenging. But uh, yeah. that's, you know, that's in a sense how you learn. You play with, you play with great musicians, you're going to have to play like a great musician. You've got to do your part. So, uh that that's that's the wonderful thing about it. It's just when people like that call you to play in the band, then you know you've you've got to you got to step up and do your best. Right, right. Well, Pete Escovito yeah. is our guest brilliant. here on on High Level Radio, and also he's brought to you by PeteEscovito.com. dot com. Make sure you go to www dot dot com. E S C O vedo.com make sure you go ahead and check out his website and everything that is Pete Escovito the E family etc etc and one question that 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 I that I've always wanted to ask you um mm -hmm. because you know it's been many moons ago I guess you can say but at the same time I you know I I've, I've seen you perform because you're so prominent out here in the Bay Area and of, of course this is where the yeah. station was born and, and and I had a chance to see you perform many times and one of the things that I've always taken was the fact that it seemed like every set you do everything that you embody when you do go on stage you just become whatever it is that 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 was inside you to be able to get that that talent that God-given talent out and, and my question is what for you to continue to do it and do it well for so many years um, and 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 what what has been like like one of the internal motivations that you get when you do get, go on stage and perform, um, what kind of mindset that you actually do have when you do get on there and, and do your thing? Well, I think basically, you know, you have to have that spiritual thing inside of you also. Uh, you know, music is so emotional. It's very emotional. And actually, when you play music, you're playing who you are because it's your personality that comes out when you play it and and for me I mean being a um, um, a person who believes in spiritual awareness as far as uh, believing in God believing in Jesus Christ and and uh, uh, being a Christian is 
is to me what, in a sense, motivates me along with the, the part of playing with my family. So uh, that, all, that all comes to focus when I step foot on that stage. I want to feel that the audience is completely with me so that I feel that I'm just being myself when I play and that they accept me for who I am musically and personally and the person that I am. So that, that to me is um, what is, that is the reward that I get when people accept all of those things that I am. So um, when I feel the love from the audience, that makes me even more confident and make me, it even makes me want to play better and better and do, do as much as I can musically to mm -hmm. not only entertain the audience, but to let them feel well. You know, I, I hope that I'm blessing them with my music and actually they're blessing me with accepting my music. So there's the payback, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's a two-way street for both of us. And, um, and that's, you know, that's inspiring to me. I mean, I like to look out in the audience and look at people's faces, you know, see who's there, see if, if they're enjoying what I'm doing, you know, what the band is doing, what the musicians, how the musicians play. You know, when I see their faces, that they're smiling and they're enjoying the music, that's, a, that's what makes us feel good. It even inspires us more to play better and to play better each time. So that's, that's really the payoff. Wow. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, that, that's important for someone with, with the, the building blocks that you created when you first started to, to be able to say... Mm -hmm. For these younger uh, kids and this young generation who, 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 who may not know exactly what music means to other people and how it makes other people feel, so to get that from you is definitely important. And um, and, and kind of going into the younger generation and things that's going on now, what 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 does Mr. Escovito have going on currently? Any projects in the works? Yes, uh, actually, I just finished. Uh, my new CD, which is the Latin Jazz Orchestra, I recorded it live at Stern Grove. We did a concert in at Stern Grove in San Francisco. So we recorded uh, my set, and that's what's being uh, put out as a new CD. It'll be called Pete Escovito Live at Stern Grove. And uh, I have some special guests on the CD, which I have Dave Cause, and I have Arturo Sandoval, I have Ray Obrado and, of course, my daughter, Sheila, and my sons, Peter Michael and Juan. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's what we do live. So, uh, you know, recording live is, is it's just that's what you get. You don't get a chance to, you know, to, to go over and go over and go over and fix it. You, what, right. what it is what it is. is. Yeah, it, there you go. It is what it is. And... And it's, you talk about something live, well, that's exactly what this CD is. It's very live, and uh, I hope that people enjoy it. it it's kind of what our set is, is what, you know, a performance that we give when we play live, and uh, live concerts. And so some of the songs actually are, some of them were 
songs that I've already recorded, and there's a, a few newer songs, but uh, most of it is songs that I've recorded way back when or uh, on previous CDs or uh, with other people. So um, it was fun, a lot of fun doing it. Uh, the audience was very receptive to it. Uh, I think we got a great response from the audience, and I think people are going to like it because it, it it's like if they were actually still at the concert when they when they hear the CD, they're going to say, "Wow, it's like being there at the concert." You know, mm -hmm. that, that's the cool thing about it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. How soon is that going to be available? Is it out now, or is it coming, or when's it going to be available? Um, yeah, the release date actually is September twenty uh, fifth. Okay. So yeah, and so uh, we're excited about that. My daughter, uh, Sheila, of course, she produced it. It'll be on her record label, Stiletto Flaps, which is the same company that the E! Family CD is on. Mm -hmm. uh, this is her okay. second project on her, on her new record label, so we're excited about it. How do you feel about just the current state of everything? And, and it's nice to be able to see... Um, you know the the family that you have just works so closely mm -hmm. to be able to put out the the product that a, a lot of the fan bases worldwide would be able to check. But coming from where you started to where the record labels and the music industry is right now, um, how do you mm -hmm. feel about its evolution? Well, I, I think you know because times have changed, we've become more of a modernistic world. Uh, the fact that uh, the invention of the computers is uh, greatly used now uh, musically. So uh, it isn't like before where you actually, you know, I, I'm still old school. I mean, if, if, you, if you get a band and, and put the band, you rehearse the band, put the band together, go into the studio with everybody and start recording, you record everybody there. Now... Things are different where you record uh, maybe just a rhythm section that you keep adding on, adding on, adding on, and uh, um, you even have machines, keyboards that you know do drum machines that sound like horns, that sound like whatever you can get out of a keyboard. Um, so <laughs> times are yeah, times are really really different, and I think the fact now too what it is that most musicians are doing because most of the musicians nowadays have their own studios right. and their own recording uh, uh, components that they can do their recordings at home. So mm. what happens is, is they actually are individually putting out CDs uh, that they own themselves because nowadays the record the record business and the record companies, they're not signing a lot of people and a lot of new people only because the music has changed. Right. The music at this point and in this era of 2012 is really geared to very young uh, listeners and very young people. We've got people right. like Justin Bieber who's selling millions of records. And you got a lot of young rap artists who are becoming millionaires, but that's that's where the music is right now. So if you have someone, uh, for me, like who's in the Latin jazz field, uh, a lot of the companies don't want to spend money 
on on someone who plays Latin jazz only because they're not going to sell a lot of records. Right. There's a there's a small audience for that, a great audience, but uh, but uh, uh, speaking of uh, of audiences, it's a very small audience that listens to Latin jazz. So record companies know that, so they rather put out someone that's pop orientated, uh, R and B or pop orientated, that's going to sell millions of records. So you look right. at at the at the stars that are currently stars now, they are not only singers, but they're dancers, and, and, and most of their shows are very, very uh, production-wise is very, very large, like Lady Gaga or, uh, or Jennifer Lopez or all the big stars that are on tour uh, have a, a, an enormous production show. It's not mm. like before where you've had just great musicians who just play. Right, and, right. And, yeah, and that's not it anymore. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's and I miss that personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you still find it in the jazz clubs. You know, you can find that in the jazz clubs, in the small clubs where you get the guys that just, you know, can really play. You know, the jazz musicians, the Latin jazz musicians, that they just go in there and play. You know, that's their thing. That's what they do. But... Um, that's kind of what we geared in a sense when we put the E-Family band together because with all of us, myself, Sheila, Juan, and Peter Michael, the music is completely different. It's in a sense uh, uh, more pop-orientated than what you know I would normally do, but because the kids are younger and they have their own style of music, Sheila has her style of music, and both my sons are the same way. They have their own style of music. And and so we had to be careful in the sense of what we were going to record because my thing is the Latin jazz thing, and I didn't want to put a lot of that into the family music because we wanted, like the song you just played, I like it, is basically, you know, kind of an R&B, kind of little Latin, almost like a, a, a war or confunction kind of style of, of music, and so, mm -hmm. uh, but that that single has enabled the E Family CD to um, be played more because of right. that style of music. Now, I don't know if radio stations will be playing my Latin jazz <laughs> CD. I hope so, but this one will. That's more, yeah, <laughs> I sure hope so. But Definitely. Uh, yeah, and, and that's, you know, it, it, it's just getting harder for guys. I mean, you know, I, I come from the era of back in the, you know, the 50s and, and 60s, and because I was listening I was listening to Miles Davis, I was listening to Coltrane and Charlie Bird, I, I was listening to all of these great, great, great mainstream, wonderful musicians that played so differently, and, and you don't hear that anymore. That style of music, I don't think anybody's barely playing that style of music anymore. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's not, it's just not there anymore. And you look at, you look at during the summer, uh, all of these jazz festivals, and they're called, so-called jazz festivals, even in Europe, but you're going to find 
R&B acts you're going to find that, that are into what they used to call a jazz festival. Mm-hmm. So now you got Earth, Wind, and Fire, and you got uh, all these kind of different bands that are playing jazz festivals. And you will get maybe a Herbie Hancock or a George Duke or uh, someone like that, or you even get the smooth jazz festivals where you've got all the uh, Bodie James, Gerald Albright, all the saxophone players right. that are playing smooth jazz, you know. Uh, so, it's, it, you know, it's so funny that how music revolves and it, it, it starts in one place, makes a full circle, comes back and it starts all over again. Mm-hmm. So we're we're in this era now of, like I said before, uh, audiences that are very young. So right. uh, this is where the music is now. Hopefully, we'll get to that era again where you know the jazz comes back on the scene and the Latin jazz becomes back on the scene. There are still places for us to play. Mm-hmm. Granted, and we're still working, but. It's not that big venue. It's not the big uh, elaborate coliseums and those real large venues that uh, let us play. We're, I think we're very fortunate in the fact that we've been able to play Playboy Jazz Festivals, a lot of the big outdoor things that we get to do, and go to Japan and go to Europe and like that. We're still able to do that. But uh, it seems like every year it gets less and less because uh, the way the music is evolving. So, right. Um, yeah, and of course, this is only my my opinion, as you know, as I see it. Maybe it's true, or maybe it's not true. But this is what I see happening. And, yeah. And, and 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 you know what, Pete? I, I think and and Pete Escovito is our guest on High Level Radio. Um, I, I think you know having shows like this on on radio stations that really appreciates the the art form of jazz latin jazz um smooth jazz whatever it to me it's 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 necessary to be able to have a different alternative to what's mm-hmm. being what's being out there like you know you see a lot of mainstream hip hop you see a lot of mainstream r&b yeah. and soul um it, it's you know it to me i i've always been a a, a type of person where you know if, if it sounds good, I'm gonna listen to it, and I don't care what genre of music it is. It's it's exactly. it's it's exactly. more important to me to be able to get the good music out to the other people that may not knew, may not have known um, mm-hmm. about it. And and, and I think that's yeah. important, and yeah. that's what's lacking too, like the support. So you know, definitely before Mo, I know you have a question as well, but you're you're, you're definitely gonna get that support because I'm you know I'm I'm in my mid thirties. You know, Mo's a little mm-hmm. bit older, but you know, I, I, it just seems like it, it, I've always listened to you for a very, very long time, and I've always stuck to your your type of style because it's authentic. And not only that, yeah. you know, as as a as a vivid uh, and avid listener of music, it's you you can tell that you give a damn about what you do. Your passion mm-hmm. is there, and we can tell by when you play. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, at the same time, that the comments that I made, I'm not. In no sense, mean or disrespect any of the other music. Oh, of because, course, yeah, because it, it's all it's all good. The great Duke Ellington said, "There's only two kinds of music: good and bad." 
So if you say good, you know, I don't care what style it is or what. You know, I mean, there's, there's music that, you know, comes from all kind of different countries, and, and it's all great. I mean, right. there's so much style of, of music that is is so beautiful. I mean, I, I, I love, especially, I, I love listening to Brazilian music. Uh, uh, I love R&B because I love all the guys that play that song. I'm brought up. You know, I come from the Bay Area, you know, and, and there's that hub of the Bay Area where we were all coming up when you had Tower of Power and Grateful uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dead. Uh, I mean, so many different styles of music in the Bay Area that I I was part of that. I listened to all of it, the Latin rock, the Santana, you know, all of that stuff is, all that is, is, is in me, so... If I incorporate some of those things, you know, granted, I'm not, I'm not the true real Latin jazz artist, but I like to combine whatever music that I have listened to and like and styles that I like, that I, I'll incorporate that into what I do. And, and, uh, and because I've brought up that way, listening to all those different styles of music in the Bay Area, that all of that has stayed with me. So, uh, but of course, you know, my love for the Latin jazz that I do now is is uh, basically what I'm I'm concentrating on now. So, yeah. Let me ask you this: Are there any other? Are there any? you know, young groups that are coming up that you, you know of or that, you know, that are kind of keeping the tradition alive that, you know, are kind of keeping the whole lag dead because as you uh, you mentioned earlier, it seems like now so much of the music has changed to, you know, mm-hmm. the hip-hop and individuals and people, you know, right. anybody with a computer and a microphone can cut a disc now, you know, and uh, yeah, so, so yeah. are there other real talents out there that you, you're aware of? Yeah, the the there definitely is. There's actually uh, Carl uh, Palazzo, who actually is uh, the percussion player in Santana's band. Well, he has a band of his own called Avance, and that band is basically a salsa band, but the arrangements are great. The, the guys are young. They play really good. They're very, very good musicians. And so that that style still exists, you know, the salsa style that I really like. There's also a young a young girl, uh, Natalie Cressman, who plays trombone. She's actually the daughter of Jeff Cressman, who plays trombone with Santana now. And she's put out uh, a CD called Secret Garden. And she's basically into jazz and a lot of different uh, styles of music. Also, very talented young trombonist. Uh, she is very, very good. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, there there are a lot of lot of great musicians back east. Uh, there's a guy called Chembo Cordillero who has a Latin jazz group. Follows in the tradition of like a Ray Barreto kind of Latin jazz thing, and uh, he's very good. Uh, so there are there are a number of uh, uh, very very fine very fine um, musicians uh, young musicians that the the tradition of Latin jazz alive because as I look at the guys that were there when I started and the guys that have passed away. Um, which most of them that um, 
I grew up listening to uh, are basically gone. You know, they're not they're not around anymore. So um, I'm looking at you know the guys that are still here, which is you know Eddie Palmieri, um, uh, maybe Ford Apache still exists. Uh, there's uh, um, Ray Vega out of New York, um, you know, people like that that are still doing the Latin jazz thing. But uh, when you look at a lot of those great Latin jazz big bands, they're all gone. So mm. I, I've kind of taken a stand where I want to keep this tradition alive. I want to keep it going. And, and I think that this is what I was meant to do, and, and this is what is meant to be for me. Right. That because of my love of Latin jazz, it, it's not only, in a sense, my duty to keep this going, but it, it, because I love it so much that I, I, I wouldn't want to do anything else. So um, I feel that, um, you know, I've got to keep this going so that the younger people will get a chance to listen to this music, and I'm, I'm very happy with some of the young people that I used to have in my band. People like Rebecca Malion and John Santos, John Calloway, people in the Bay Area that are still playing Latin jazz. Wayne Wallace, uh, great arrangers, great writers. Uh, they're doing their thing on their own, and and they are doing such a great job at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm proud of all of them because they've actually matured into very fine musicians. And, and what they're doing is, uh, uh, you know, in a sense, what they believe in and what I believe in of keeping the Latin jazz uh, music alive. And, I, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And as uh, we get ready to wrap this up with Pete Escovito here live on High Level Radio, when, when it comes to, and, and I'm glad you mentioned the fact that, you know, you, you want to, it, it was meant for you to do this. It was it was written somewhere. This was a, a, a God-given talent that I feel you have, you feel like you have, and the world does as well. So when it comes to building a kind of legacy, a music legacy, a, life, uh, a life-driven kind of legacy that your family and others can be able to take a look at and say, you know what, he did it or she did it the best that they could mm-hmm. ever do. What, it, what can you be able to give to the younger folks out there um, some tips on trying to build the legacy that you have or others that, that's in the position you're in right now? Well, I think it's important for young people to know that uh, if you're looking at uh, a career of playing music, uh, the first thing, of course, is to learn your instrument uh, as best you know that you can to, to to work at it, always work at it, to improve yourself, always, uh, um, and and the fact that if you have if you have a spiritual awareness inside of you that keeps you focused, keeps your feet on the ground, and makes you go in the right path, then you're okay with that, and and whatever music you decide to play. Uh, regardless of what it is, it's just to believe in it full, full-heartedly, believe in it and know that if this is your calling, 
If this is your calling to play music, then go for it all the way. Give it 100%, and even more than 100%. That's, mm -hmm. that's exactly what it takes. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of ambition, a lot of sacrificing. But you've got to keep your spirits up and know that if you're one of the blessed ones, then, then you'll get there. It just right. takes time. It, it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, it takes time. It's a long road to cross and travel on. But, but the journey is so rewarding. It's incredible. Amen to that. Yeah. Mr. Let me ask Mr. you. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Mo. Okay, well, I was just going to say, uh, I know that uh, you guys, uh, you performed at the uh, White House in, uh, at the yes. Fiesta Latina. Kind uh, of tell us what that was like, uh, playing at the White House. Had you ever done it before, and, and what was it like? And uh, is Michelle as fine as she is on TV? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? It, it was so much fun and, and so rewarding because, uh, you know, playing for the president, and, and I must tell you, I really love Obama and Michelle. I mean, the first lady. They are so nice. They're, if you would talk to them, you would think that you're just talking to someone that you grew up with or your neighbor okay. or your friend. It doesn't seem like that's the president and the first lady because wow. they are so down to earth and so nice. We were very fortunate not only to play for the president and the first lady and the family, but we were able to go in and meet them personally and talk with them, take a photo with them. Uh, wow. And they, are so, they are so nice. It's just unbelievable. You know, I mean, you've, you've seen him on TV, you've seen her on TV, and they're, they're just like that. I mean, they're great people. Just and, genuine. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're just, you know, they're so down to earth. And we're so pulling for them in this next election. I hope they, I hope they're there for you know some more years. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, Very good. Me both. In fact, yeah. In fact, Sheila's going uh, doing a lot of campaigning for for Obama. She's uh, doing a lot of uh, personal appearances and uh, uh, going to a lot of the. Uh, cities that were the vote the voting count was very low so that we could get people to vote this time because it's such an important election so that uh right she's, she's working on that very strong in fact she's uh she's, she was in dc yesterday and they they performing i think today for uh something the president is doing over there today but well, we were lucky oh. though we, we we performed also a couple of other times for for the president, so yeah, it's it's it a great thrill and uh, what a wonderful thing. I mean, um, you know, a lot of lot of lot of things that happen in in your life as a musician and the things that you do, the concerts that you play or wherever you play, and people that you meet. But that by far was one of the greatest things that happened to us because after we met them and we talked to them, and everything. And we walked out of, of the White House, and Sheila and I were walking together. We looked at each other. She screamed, and I said, Sheila, do you realize we were just talking to the president <laughs> and the first lady? And, and, and we looked at each other, and we said, I remember when we played 
uh, in Oakland, up on the hill. Uh, we used to call this place up on the hill. It was a, a little club up there where we just made enough money to go to Quarter Pound Burger and get a hamburger and milk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, wow. Yeah, no, and now we're coming out the White House. Yeah. That was it. Here we were at the White House. Wow. So that, wow. that's when you realize, wow, this has all been worth it. You know? Beautiful, beautiful Maybe. moment. Beautiful yeah. moment. PeteEscovito.com is the website to be able to check out. High Level Radio would like to thank you, the E! Family, and, and everything that you have done and continue to do. And you also have a Facebook. You can go to Facebook.com backslash Pete Escovito for all your news. And when, you're, when your project drops in September, we definitely want to have a release party. So, of course, you know, you can come back, hang out with us, play your music, promote your brand, um, and, and, and just continue to, to do big things because people like us, we, we embrace it all. And like I said, it's, it's beyond just being a fan. I just feel like, you know, the passion that we hear from the music that you and the family have given us for so long means so much to us in, in more ways than just music that has a good beat to it or, or a good rhythm to it. It's deeper than that. Yeah. And, and once a lot of people do get it, they can understand exactly where we're all coming from to embrace this and to build a legacy based off of that. And you've done yeah. just that, Mr. Escovito, well, and I thank, thank you very you. much for yeah. calling into the show. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great talking to you guys, and God bless you, and thanks for your help in promoting what what I do and what a lot of the Latin jazz musicians do and just great music people that, that you know, just embrace your show and uh, keep on doing the good work that you're doing. We praise you and uh, you know many many blessings to you both. As you, you as thank you. Thank you so much. One real quick question, and I, I know we gotta let you go. Yeah. One quick, I couldn't let you go without because I was on your website and I was checking out your artwork. Man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not well, enough. What are you, you trying to do? Corner the, the talent market? It's not enough. It's your icon, but but your art, man. I mean. It is so visually stimulating. I mean, it's so visually stimulating that it's like, man, I can I can almost see the music, hear the music in the picture. So, tell me uh, just real briefly how you got into that aspect of, of artistic expression, and uh, you know, and what what is that about? How does that? And how do you find the well, time? I, yeah, I know that's another thing. But you know what? I, I was I was doing both in school. I mean, I love art and and as I was doing art classes the same thing as I was playing music so they were both running hand in hand uh, I actually had a scholarship to go on to uh, College of Arts and Crafts I also my art teacher also was able to get me a job as an apprentice with Foster and Kaiser Advertising I was all set up to go into wow. the art as, as a living but I love music so much and that, you know, I started playing when I was in high school. And, and mm -hmm. once I got out of school, I, right away I was working already as a professional. So uh, I started making a living as a musician before making a living as an artist. And I've always loved it. I've always kept up with it. You know, I've always, I've always wanted to paint and loved to paint. And so... My artwork now is really taken uh, full circle because uh, I've been commissioned to do the artwork in a hotel. It's called the Cupertino Inn in Cupertino, and all oh, my hey. art. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I've also done a lot of. Uh, I've had shows in galleries 
here in L.A. and sometimes in the Bay Area. And I'm going to do one in Sacramento coming up in a couple of months. I'll be doing a, a show there with my artwork. So it, it's taking full circle. And you're right about finding the time because between uh, going on the road and being so busy with the music, uh, I always have to find the time to paint. And, uh, and, and when I do go at it, I mean, my love for it is just, I mean, I, I love to be creative in that sense, too. I'm a uh, frustrated painter, and as you can see, some of my paintings are a little strange, but, but uh, you know, that's how I see things. I mean, there, there are great painters and musicians like Tony Bennett, who paints so beautiful. You know, Miles Davis painted incredibly mm -hmm. well. Yep. So right, right, uh, I heard that. Yeah, yeah they're only, not only actors and uh, people... In, in the arts profession, so uh, I think it goes hand in hand, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's something, but you have to give 100% to both, and, and that's the thing, is trying to find the time to do that, but yeah, I I, I'm glad to appreciate that, yeah. Hell yeah, I love it, love it, a, yeah. A man well, with, so many, with many, many talents, his name is Pete Escovito, man. <laughs> if, if you don't know, definitely check out the website. It's a, it's a thing of beauty. You definitely got to check it out and see. And, and please you. come back. We got new music next month from you. And actually, um, happy belated birthday because I know it was in July. So yeah, happy belated birthday you. as well. I appreciate that. Thank you no so problem. very much. No problem. You take mm -hmm. care and blessings to you. And, and, and trust me. Uh, a major highlight in my radio career is is this one right here that I was able to share this conversation with you. So thank you very much. Thank you. You guys have have a great uh, weekend holiday, and uh, God bless and be safe. You too. Thank you, sir. You too. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. This is Pete Escobedo. Take care. Bye. Next legacy.